Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of law. One part toy review, equal parts insightful delve into the recesses of my soul, his channel celebrates those little pieces of plastic my mother both cursed for their outrageous prices and relied upon for those brief moments of quiet. Hi, I'm Sal Cavelli, and this is Dan Larson from Toy Galaxy. Dan, thank you for joining me, man. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> that was my little homage to the intro of, <laughs> mo of many videos to your amazing channel, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have never seen Toy Galaxy before, please do yourself a favor. Watch this episode, and then before that, and then uh, after you're done, go below and click the link to go to check out this amazing channel, Toy Galaxy. Uh, it's I feel a kinship with your channel because there's a lot of effort that goes into it. There's a lot of information that's being expressed, and of course, it's pop culture galore. Um, it's just terrific. Uh, so. Hey, you you know how it is. You got all that stuff in your head. You got to put it somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really, it's funny. Like, I don't know what we were doing before YouTube and video and digital video, because we're just sitting there like with all this information, just, just waiting to be expressed. And I guess it was just your, we had to, we, we vomited this info on our friends and stuff. I don't know about you where you're like, did you know the Thundercats like <laughs> just hit them with that? Hey, you know, it's it's very strange because it is such a recent occurrence, and I will admit to being jealous of uh, the people coming up now who have this technology available. And I, I find myself daydreaming, you know, quite frequently about like, you know, what would Toy Galaxy have been? What kind of show would I have put together? You know, when I was, you know, fresh uh, out of high school, into college or whatever, you know, what, what would have been, how, how would things have been different? Would it, would it have been the same kinds of topics? Would I be talking about the same, was I obsessed with the same stuff? All the answers are yes. You know, it's all <laughs> the same. <laughs> but to answer you, to, to your point, I don't know what we were doing. I don't know where it was going, you know? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know that basically when we were doing, like, the, our channel was just a, a, like, finally we had a video to film, but basically it was just everything that we do on this channel, but I was doing it to the people who were on the channel, like... We were just in the kitchen instead of actually on a show um, where I was just like, hey, did you know Secret Wars in 1984 had a video, had a toy line that was actually the influence in like the impetus behind the creation of that comic? And they're like, I Sal, I for the umpteenth time, I couldn't care less about any of that, man. I just want to <laughs> talk about the uh, about the Pats. It was um, you, you certainly believed it was a smaller community. That's for sure. It certainly felt that way. I think they're like I didn't have. I think I had two friends in high, in middle school from like K to eighth, maybe even 10th grade where that actually read comics. And I think around sixth grade, they both stopped. 
and that was it. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm on my own. And so I yes, I'm I'm adrift now. It's yeah. I've got to seek out uh, the the common types of people. But but I you know I used to have a subscription to Toy Fair magazine, and that was pretty much it. Dude. You know, you had you had Wizard, you had Toy Fair, and what was the other one? Tomart's Guide to Action Figure Collecting. Yes. Uh, and that was it. You know, and it was I I was really the only person I knew that was collecting. I might have had one or two other friends that I met. Uh, you know, once I was actually in college, and they just fed that uh, obsession, that addiction. But uh, beyond that, it was it was still that sort of like, well, I'm probably not going to talk about this yeah. uh, outside of those conversations with those specific people. No. And now I kind of view Toy Galaxy as, as like the new toy fair of YouTube. Like it's where I go for like humor mixed with information. And, you know, you get this great collage of not just like the old stuff, but also new stuff. I mean, you were just covering the stuff that from that they came out of Toy Fair this past weekend. Exactly. And we, we don't do too much news. We, we've been trying to work in sort of a news thing for a while. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when we started the show, uh, Greg and I really wanted to find a system, a production system that was going to work for us to be able to produce the show on a consistent basis. Uh, we didn't want to have these lapses. You know, we've, we've done creative stuff in the past, podcasts, blogs, websites. Uh, you know, I published self-published comic books. And you always hit that point of I missed a date, the a job, life, kids, family, whatever. And we really wanted to sort of develop a system that was so easy <laughs> <laughs> and was like it was hard for us not to do something. But sometimes that means, you know, we can't be right on the cutting edge of talking about stuff. Toy Fair just happened to be a situation where it happened on Saturday. I usually shoot a video on Saturday night to post on Sunday. So, you know, I shot Greg a message and I was like, hey. Can we tr can we try this out? This sort of new format, new style video, and he was like, "Yeah, take a crack at it," and it, and it worked. <laughs> nice. That I mean, it, it worked so seamlessly and with the regular scheduled stuff that it, it just felt like a natural thing for you guys. But I completely agree with you regarding news coverage because we also tried to be like right on the cutting edge of like what came out, and by the time we got someone together, set up the equipment, shot the video, or scripted a video, shot that cut it, got it out there. We were already too late. And I was like, man, you know, I'm now I kind of have a microcosm of an idea of what magazines are like, you know, when something big happens in the news and the entertainment world. And they're like, well, I guess I'll just have to read about it on Twitter or in the blog. Cause there's nothing, else, there's no way to cover it within any timely manner. Well, and it's hard without any kind of financial support behind you, uh, to give you the time and the resources to, to, to track that stuff down. I mean, I, you know, I looked into uh, getting credentials to actually go to Toy Fair, but even if I had been uh, it, present at the event, mm -hmm. I still don't know what I've been doing. Like, what I've been like streaming videos, or like the the technical. You got to bring the gear, and is is Greg going to be able to come with me? And it's you know, if there's no money behind it, I, I don't know how you can do that. So I yeah. think it's it's easier to just step back and say, let's make things that are just more timeless, you know. And and in terms of uh, being on YouTube, you know, uh, I'm not looking to create a video that's going to get a bunch of views today and then nobody's going to want to watch it in a week or two. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, know, that I'm, is the other I'm looking pitfall. to put something out there that has some life and some longevity and can can be a bit timeless. Yeah. And get a little bit of rewatchability because sometimes exactly. like you either forget a little aspect of it or you go, you know, I really just want to kind of hear Dan talk about those Secret Wars toys again or something. Um, so when you decided to get onto YouTube, uh, it was, it, was it your idea? Was it Greg's idea? Or was it more like you both had this itch to create? I know you said you self-published before as well. Um, what was the impetus behind actually being like, let's do that. Let's do YouTube specifically. Uh, well, so I've, I've been an action figure collector my whole life. Uh, you know, that ties into all those, uh, parallel interests, you know, the comics and video games and, and, uh, 
Dungeons and Dragons and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, Greg has always been a uh, avid uh, filmmaker uh, and really into movies and that sort of thing. Uh, honestly, if he had his, we'd be a movie channel <laughs> instead <laughs> of a toy channel. Uh, but we had we had done several, uh, you know, sort of smaller projects and stuff. We were working with uh, large groups of people and it got to be very difficult uh, to coordinate all those schedules and all that time and resources. And if the weather doesn't cooperate and if, you know, it just, it was a, it was a big hassle. And we were like, man, we just want to, we want to be able to do something, like I said, something consistent, quick, uh, all, almost foolproof. We were, we were, uh, we, we were down for one episode uh, two weeks ago cause our mic died finally, yeah. but you know, we, we wanted it to almost be foolproof and to be such a, a simple thing that, you know, we didn't have to try too hard to get it done. And the number one thing that we knew we could count on was each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, because in terms of, you know, creative drive, we tend to be very similar in that we have lots of ideas. We, we, uh, uh, tend to think the same way in terms of humor and sort of, uh, general attitudes and opinions about, uh, brands or movies or characters or storytelling and that sort of thing. So we, we already knew we, we worked well that way, but he's coming at from uh, the whole experience more from the technical side. He wanted to make videos. He wanted to edit he wanted to manipulate footage. He yeah. wanted to put in visual effects. He's a graphic designer. He wanted to design graphics and he wanted to build a channel. He wanted to build a thing that he could then sort of administrate and grow. And, 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 and I had like, we talked about all this crap in my head. Mm -hmm. Uh, and just, I wanted to be in front of the camera. I wanted to write jokes and have fun and make, you know, just do these sort of things. So it was a perfect marriage of I want to create content. He wants to create content. I'll write the scripts. I'll be in front of the camera. He'll take the footage. He'll put it all together. Bam, we've got a show. It's, it, it, let me tell you, like, it is a great marriage indeed because you were able to hit the ground running. It's almost like Toy Galaxy is or was what it is now right off the bat. Like, because I guess of the graphic design and everything like that. Like, you had the, a streamlined look. You had a like a, like you had not only a killer logo but also like really really fluid animations and just a very solid format that's ready to go and I was like God these guys are so polished it makes me crazy I'm just like ah I had to work so hard to get to this point and I'm like hey. it made, you guys make it look so effortless and it's like yeah because you've been building towards it for so long and it's like ready to go precisely I appreciate that but oh, I mean. Yeah. I'm not suggesting anybody go back that far in our library, but if you go back far <laughs> enough in our library, you'll see that it didn't come out of the box mm. quite like that. That's fair. <laughs> uh, God. So yeah. Um, when you guys decided to finally get this, you, I, I know that when we started out, we were like, we liked making little movies as well. And we we're like, Oh, we'll be like one of those comedy channels that makes sketches and stuff. And they were like, and the internet basically collectively threw up their hands and said, we're not interested in any of that shit. <laughs> and you're right. Like, it was just, let's put a focus on it. And it turns out, like, all I really wanted to do was make something tangible that represented our interests. And comics was crystallized in that moment. We were like, let's go in that direction. It's why I was like, I think I like these guys. I think I know exactly where they're coming from. Um, hey, man, uh, humor, humor is tough. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, there's no way to know if you are funny uh, until you just throw it out there and see what kind of a response to it. And until people tell you, oh, you know what, you're actually kind of funny. You, you don't know for sure. You know, it's it's a big failing of, uh, you know, talk about, you know, being in a bubble. Uh, you know, your friends think you're funny. Everybody laughs at your jokes and stuff. And you go, man, I am a really I am really funny and I should take this to a bigger audience. Right. right. Uh, you just don't know until you take it out there. <laughs> and then you got to sort of adjust on the fly. Was I funny? Was I not funny? You know, mm -hmm. uh, 
I, you know, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Some people tend seem to think I'm humorous on occasion. Yeah, no. And the, <laughs> the, uh, the writing on the show, I have to assume it's not all completely improv. Uh, the, the, the videos that you produce, you know what we, uh, the, when we first sat down to do it, we, we took a look around at, and I, I'm sure you did the same thing. Uh, we, we took a look around at what else was out there. What other kind of channels were there? What were people doing? We knew we wanted to make a toy channel because that's what I was uh, primarily interested in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Greg wasn't as concerned about what the specific content was. We looked at what everybody else was doing and said, what can we do differently? What can we borrow from other channels and other genres that is working and bring it to that uh, vertical of, you know, toys and action figure collecting? Smart. How can we how can we set ourselves apart uh, from what everybody else was doing? And we were seeing a lot of, you know, like hands in a booth and uh, just a lot of talking over photographs and talking over static video. And I. Call it vanity, call it whatever you want. I, I wanted to be in front of the camera. Yeah. I wanted to be the face of the show. So we said, all right, well, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to be in front of the camera and I'm going to be the host of the show and that's how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And the very first episode we recorded that nobody has ever seen and nobody ever will see, <laughs> uh, I tried to improv it and it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> was I, I, I completely <laughs> know exactly what you're talking about. And I think the first episode that I did of a comic review where I improved it, it was like 30 minutes long. It had all these rambling. And then cutting it, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, we have to script this shit. And, yeah. you know, it, it, now we don't. Now we don't script any of it because it's a conversation show. But, like, it, let me tell you, those first couple of episodes are rough. Oh, sure. But <laughs> you you as a, as a host and as a personality on the show have become more comfortable with what you want to say and how to keep talking and how to fill those gaps and how to make sure you're setting up the person to talk, right. uh, gathering your thoughts while I'm talking right now. But the, about the next thing you want to say is, and those are the things you don't know until you actually have reps and, and know what you're doing. Exactly. I could, I could improv much more successfully now, especially now that I have a sense of what toy galaxy is, what the tone of the show is, that sort of thing. Totally. But the brand of humor uh, the brand of the entertainment and the imparting of all that knowledge really relies more on that script. So we we knew right from the very first episode, okay, scrap it. Let's come back next week. I'm gonna write a script. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna and we're gonna read off cue cards, uh, and that's just how it's gonna be. Well, it it really it holds up. It really works well. Um, I want to talk a little bit about collecting because that was another big part of why I dug the channel so much. We both kind of were very interested in this. It, 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 we didn't have the exact same interests. You got you covered a lot of different toys that I was like, oh, I always wanted those toys or I always wanted to collect those toys or get into them, especially when they were new when I was a kid. And so I really like that. I, I, it was a great way for me to kind of vicariously enjoy whatever it is that you collected. When you first got into collecting, I have to assume that it, you did not have a collector's mindset, that you were more like a kid who wanted toys. What were some of your favorite ones? And how did it how did those incept you into going like I want more of those and then those stayed with you to the point where now you are a collector well I'll be honest I, I may not have come uh, come naturally to you know having that sort of collector's mindset but I can I can vividly remember uh, being at a store with my mom and she you know the Star Wars action figures were still in the original you know Kenner Star Wars figures were still for sale so we're probably talking like you know 84 somewhere around the 83 sure. 84 uh, and there was probably one of those bins that, you know, just had stacks and stacks of action figures in it. And, uh, you know, I had, my mom had actually grabbed, uh, the Ugnaught from, <laughs> from Bespin. She had grabbed the Ugnaught and I was like, I don't know if this is really the one I want. I don't know if this is really <laughs> the one I want to get today. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, you want to get them all right. 
you're going to have to get this one at some point. We might as well get this one today. Oh, that's cool. And so I was like, okay, uh, this one's kind of in your collection, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I really want the Ugnaught. Uh, but, you know, uh, my I had a, my older brother. He was uh, he, he sort of briefly he blazed the trail enough to get me hooked. And then he bailed uh, for sports uh, and other <laughs> stuff. So. He had snake eyes, uh, you know, before I did. He he was buying G.I. Joe vehicles with his, his you know, birthday and Christmas money before I was. Uh, so, you know, there was probably a year or two there where he was ahead of me, just real quickly handed that stuff off to me and then took off. And I was like, yeah, I'll take care of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Forever. Well, you, you came to the right place. <laughs> I've got this covered. Exactly. And, you know, it, that's uh, it, that's part of it is, you know, the sort of sibling rivalry. You know, sports became sort of his sort of his thing. I mean, I played sports, uh, but he was, you know, watching sports and and cards and, and all this sort of thing. So comics and Spider-Man and that that sort of became my thing. So we sort of, you know, uh, weren't competing for the same stuff all the time. That's awesome. Um, so, OK, because we both come from the same coast and relatively like the mid-Atlantic northeast region, what were the stores you got the toys from and uh, and which ones were the which one did you know in your mind? Like, this is where I'm going to get the thing I'm looking for. Um, you know, for the, uh, as a kid, you know, you, you don't shop for this stuff no. for yourself most of the time. It's a, it's a Christmas, a birthday thing. Um, if, uh, if it was a situation where I actually had my own money, mm-hmm. uh, that was a, I, we need to hit the mall. We need to go to Swansea. We need mm. to Swansea mall in <laughs> Massachusetts, uh, and hit that because that's where the only Toys R Us, uh, that was within, you know, I don't know, two, three hour drive. That's where yeah. the only one was. It was the only mall at the time. And that was the only Toys R Us. And and, you know, my we, we used to be tortured because it would be we're going to go to the mall first and then we go to Toys R Us is the dessert after right. we go to the mall. That's how I work. So yeah. so we had to drive by Toys R Us and say, like, yep, there it is. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. And there was that there was that uh, uh, that sort of challenge of you've got fifteen dollars in your pocket or whatever. And you got to run the gauntlet of the mall first because yep. there's going to be stuff there that you're going to want. Yeah. But you've got to hold off. Because Toys R Us is right around the corner. <laughs> and you had to make that decision. We'd hit, I don't even remember what the names of the stores were, but there would be stores in the mall mm-hmm. uh, that would have toys. And, you know, sometimes it'd be a cool thing, like imported from Japan or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah. we're going to stop at Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, afterward, we hit Toys R Us. And, and that was just like, you know, IK, G.I. Joe is probably, it was, I would bet that 99% of the stuff that I bought at the time with my own money was G.I. Joe because there was just, not much else going. Right. Uh, Zare. Zare was another one. You're from New England-ish. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Zare? I don't remember Zare. No. My, no? Okay. My Maybe thing, that was just a strictly New England thing. I think so. Yeah, because my <laughs> thing was like Kmart, uh, Bradley's was a big one. Mostly it was department stores. Uh, and that was where I kind of discovered toys because like my mom would take me when I was too young to go to school. And, you know, and then eventually when she was just like, I want to go to the store and get clothes. And she knew to keep me quiet. She'd be like, there's a section over there just, just for you. And that's yeah, where yeah, that, yeah, that, that was the trade-off. That was the, uh, let's see, I can either stay here all day and play ball, whatever. Uh, or I can go with my mom yeah. who has to go run some errands. This is her. She's got the responsibility and I got to go run errands. I can go hang out with her for like two hours right. knowing that there's going to be a payoff. That's, that's uh, exactly right. If I'm we're gonna, good, we're gonna hit, like if, exactly, I don't cause, we're if I don't start some shit and if I can, <laughs> if I laugh at her jokes, there's a Ghostbusters in it for me. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly, precisely. Yeah. Uh, but I always knew that like, I remember being, I remember my mom being like more willing to get something at the Bradley's than the Toys R Us. And I think that was because for her, it was like, Toys R Us, that's a store for you. There's nothing of interest for me in that store. 
And yeah, right. There's, and, and there's a higher likelihood that you're going to buy more at the Toys R Us because there's more product for you to take home. And so whenever I would go to Toys R Us, it was like it was like a, a mini Christmas because I'm yeah. like, holy shit, yeah. a toy a store. That was like discovering there was a comic book store. You mean a store dedicated to the thing that I usually get it like off of a rack for a quarter at like the newsstand? There's a whole store dedicated to this? And my mom's like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zare, uh, Kmart, uh, there was a uh, Woolworth oh, yeah. uh, nearby me. Uh, and then there was this one store that opened up. Uh, I've never heard of it anywhere else. Um, it was sort of a, a Toys R Us knockoff. It was called Tons of Toys. Tons of Toys, uh, yes. And yeah, I never heard of it anywhere else. You know, there's Child World, Child Palace, Toy Castle, Toy Palace, just all these other KB. sort of Toys R Us-like type places. And that's sort of what it was. It was a, it was a exclusively toys or a toy store in just a little you know strip mall yeah. type of place uh and my my father and i went there on opening day i was shocked because that wasn't really like his type of thing that was more of a mom project right. you know yes you did. i was Big like what's my dad taking me for this something's weird is you know <laughs> are they, uh, are they is he leaving up like <laughs> uh but yeah we went to the grand opening and there was weird scary clowns and stuff and they had like a crappy grab bag full of like plastic you know spiders and whatever uh, but that was the day I got uh, G1 Swoop. So, you know, there's nice. always a toy attached to those memories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just discovered Child World was a thing when I was watching that uh, Netflix documentary, like that series yep. that they have where they're just talking about different things. Uh, I watched the Star Wars one, and I think that was where I where I first heard about Child World. That was literally two days ago. Um, by the way, if you guys haven't watched it, go on Netflix. There's this great, like, miniseries. I think there's only four episodes or whatever where each episode is dedicated to toys. I got to tell you, I think you guys do it better. Uh, like they they have a lot of bells and whistles and bullshit flash animation at the end of the day the actual content like you guys do a history of series like on sectars which by the way i think that was the first one because i remember going to toy con in uh parsippany new jersey and they have it twice a year it's a great show it's literally like the the biggest friggin' swap meet toy centered garage sale you've ever seen it's inside of a police building and i never heard of, t- of sectars until i saw that the big goddamn thing, like the the playset of Sectars, and then like all the different in the original packaging where they had like the. the if you guys aren't familiar with Sectars, basically He Man, but they're bugs. And, That's close enough, yeah. <laughs> and like you could, they they came with the regular plastic characters, but like they had these hand puppets that became the bugs they rode. That novelty plus the Marvel comic within the bubble wrap, I was like, I was like, holy shit! How did I never see this before? And you then, never saw it because it was a bomb. It was a huge bomb. Like it just never, it just never took off. But like, but there they are, proof that they existed. And yeah. I'm like, there's no goddamn way I missed this. And I, because you know, it didn't go anywhere. And then lo and behold, like maybe a, a month ago, I see a really, a really polished YouTube thumbnail about the history of sectars. I'm like, fuck, clicking yes. And it completely <laughs> delves into it. And I'm like, there's no way that Netflix documentary is going to do a sectars video. It's but. probably going to be a while. It's going to be a while. That show has to do really well before they get to sectars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but holy shit like but uh but yeah i'd never heard of child world until i saw that little like commercial for the with the bear and i'm like child world that does not appeal that does not sound appealing at all <laughs> it's a horrible hey that's thing. that's like a long lost sort of regionalization sort of thing where yeah. you could have these pockets of you know tons of toys pops up in you know one new england town mm-hmm. you know 30 years ago and then it's never heard of again it's not it's not the kind of thing where you're like oh okay it's toys r us and there's you know eight thousand locations nationwide and you know, it's it just there was there was a lot more room for for regionalization. Uh, I will say, Toys That Made Us is brilliant. It is really well uh, really show. well done. I enjoyed it. I'm 
I'm in favor of anything that brings our tiny little subgenre of pop culture to a larger audience. Yeah. You know, we've met, a lot of people have asked us, have you watched it? What did you think of it? Are you going to do a review of it? Do you think they're better? That you're better? It's I don't even <laughs> care. It's like I was thoroughly entertained by it. I wish uh, we had the time and resources to, to to go a little slower on some of our videos, to do a little, to dive a little deeper. I'm very uh, envious of the fact that they uh, are, are actually in the position to be able to speak with a lot of these original creators. I follow them on Instagram and I'm watching them, you know, post these pictures, shooting interviews with like, you know, the guys who designed the G1 Transformers and these yes. things. And I'm, man, what I wouldn't give for that opportunity. So uh, I'm I'm a fan. I'm, I'm watching them and I'm looking forward to more episodes. I got to tell you, man, I think I think you are in a position where you could actually get away with that. Like where if you just sent an email, like they they would be down for that. I mean, while it is like you got to see the dude who does who who drew like those original uh, Master Universe portraits that he was doing of character designs. I'm like, oh my god! Like if only I could get like those one are incredible. Of those things. Yeah. They're incredible. Yeah. Uh, they they are they are a representation of like what my brain made my action figures look like. Uh, but uh, but I get a feeling that like there aren't a lot of people knocking down doors trying to talk to that dude. And you know if you have. <laughs> the level of quality that Toy Galaxy has, I think you could probably just be like, yo, man, if you want to ever jump on Skype and do a thing or, or, or share or give me, lend a quote to this thing or making a video about this particular thing, they'd definitely be down. Uh, but yeah, they, the, the interviews are really insightful uh, from what they're doing, the Toys That Made Us series. I, I'm looking forward to season two. I hope season one does well enough for a season two. I think that's the idea is that they're like, well, we'll see how season one does and if it doesn't work out, we won't have a season two. And, Oh, they're definitely, yeah, they're definitely making more episodes right now. I know they've been posting pictures of uh, My Little Pony, uh, Lego, I think, and definitely Transformers. I'm not yes. sure what, uh, which other ones. And they posted a picture of their whole big board that had like, I don't know, 12 or 15 potential, you know, episodes that they were working on. So, awesome. uh, like I said, I hope it keeps, uh, continues to do well. I'm all for, for bringing more people into, into the genre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the episode I think that I'm waiting for that I would really, really like to see is a real Ghostbusters line from Kenner. Oh that, sure. That toy line uh, just defined who I was for a very like large window of time, and damn, were those great figures! Just, I would say uh, this too. Uh, one one last point about toys that made oh, us. Yeah, uh, don't 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 sleep on the other episodes. Watch them. Uh, the Barbie one is incredibly informative. Uh, I see a lot of people saying like, "Oh, I watched GI Joe. For, I watched Star Wars first. I watched GI Joe, and then I'll get to the others." It's like, no, man, just go watch them. I watched all four in like one night. Right? Yeah. No, I, I was the wife and I were like, "Let's watch these." We watched uh, Star Wars and Massive Universe, and I'm like. You want to do another one? She's like, I think we've we've re we've reached the limit of what we we're gonna watch for this evening in terms of toys. And I'm like, right on. And and then and then when you still have that hunger, that thirst for more TV toy entertainment, you know where to go. Exactly. Thankfully, I am subscribed. You gotta click the bell. Um, I, the the thing that really blew my mind as far as that was concerned, by the way, was like where Shira came from. That like it was Mattel, it was the Barbie division. They're like, hey, where's our He-Man? And I'm like, that's a brilliant move. Holy shit. Absolutely. Just really cool. Got to broaden that market. Yeah. Uh, so the toys that you were interested in as a kid, what is, what is, what is, is, are there any toys that you look for now as an adult that you're like, that it's not so much that you like, that they appeal to, are you in a position where you're like, there's a toy that I missed out on as a kid that I wish I hadn't and I look for them now? Because I know there's a couple of those for me. There really aren't that many uh, anymore. Um, I've, you know, I've been doing the yard sale, flea market. My, you know, my wife and I go to auctions and stuff all the time. Um, 
Uh, I, I deal with a lot of, you know, collectors and shops and stuff, um, buying collections, you know, uh, keeping some pieces, reselling some stuff here and there. Um, I'm in a position where I've been doing this long enough that anything that I have wanted to get, I've been in the, the I've been able to acquire it at this point. Mm. Uh, there aren't many pieces left that, um, I haven't had the opportunity to own. Um, or, you know, at this point it's more a matter of like sort of upgrading. Like I have my, I have my Boba Fett, you know, my original Boba Fett from yeah. when I was a kid, but at the same time I've been able to upgrade it, you know, 364 times. Um, <laughs> yes, that's right. There's a whole, uh, thing about you know, it. so like, you know, as a kid I had uh, Max Ray from Centurions and Ace McCloud and, you know, those were good figures, but along the way, growing up, moving, going to school, whatever, those figures were sold thrown out by my parents. I don't know. I just lost track of them. Um, but you know, since I've grown up and have my own money and stuff, I've, you know, I have a really good condition Ace McCloud complete. <laughs> you know, I have a good condition Max. I have all three Centurions, you know, there's nothing else there that I really need. Yeah. Um, I, I, I recently, uh, acquired my holiest of Holy Grails, uh, last year, uh, during the summertime, we, we hit a, a flea market and I found a Graflex, uh, flash handle, which maybe your audience knows it's the, it's the, it's what they used for in star Wars for the lightsabers. Yes. Uh, it's, you know, the old news reporter camera flashbulb thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I had been, uh, that was my dream. I was like, I'm never going to find one in the wild, but I I'd always had my eyes tuned for it. And I found one. And, and after, <laughs> after I found that, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's left right. as a collector. <laughs> There's nothing else out there for me. So I guess I'm going to go, I guess I'm going to go watch basketball or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll adopt your brother's uh, interests. I'm done. I'm yeah. done with collecting. I got to the end boss and I won. Right. I, don't know <laughs> I won. I am the – yeah, I got the high score collecting. I achieved all my goals. Yeah. Uh, I need more goals. I guess I'm done. I'll just, <laughs> just die. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know that, but the, but the, the things that really endeared me to collecting were, you know, it's, uh, in our latest episode, we sort of talk about, uh, the, the nostalgia and how yes. that's a good thing and it's a bad thing. And, um, you're, you're always trying to recreate that experience of that, that first time and, and how much you loved that thing and, and where did it come from? And, um, you know, there's some comics that, uh, uh, I, I probably have a couple copies of them just because I love that book so much. Like the cover for Secret Wars number one by, you know, uh, Mike, Mike Zach. Zach. Yeah. Uh, I just love that color cover so much. I have the poster version by Alex Ross. Yeah. Uh, and just every time I see it, there's something about it where it's like, it, it's like in the dollar bin and I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But I buy it anyway. And so I probably have like four or five copies of it for no, for no good reason other than I just love that cover so much. And I, and I know I can never, you're never going to be able to recreate that with something new. That's exactly like that, you know? No. That I feel this exact same way. I know that, like, I, I actually will sometimes recapture an, uh, a feeling of nostalgia that I had, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But, like, I don't I don't chase the dragon. It's more like I I'm, I, I blind my I blind my side myself with it. Like, I'll be at a con and I'll find like or or at a or like a church basement somewhere. And I find like this cache of comics and I'll go like. I was look in in 1991. I was looking for this, and now it's a quarter, and I have to, and I'm not leaving here without it. And even though it's it's it was worth something like sixty dollars in 1991, it's worth less than a dollar today. I'm still going to get all. I'm going to get the whole damn thing and throw it in the collection. And occasionally, I've like leafed through it and just looked at it and been like, I did it. I nailed it. Like I got it. Exactly. Like I and that's 
And that's the that's the real purity of, you know, collecting stuff is is when it's just you don't have to have any other rationale other than I like this thing and it makes me happy. You know, like it doesn't I don't care what role this thing played in the mythology or whose career it launched or ended or whatever. It's just like this is a thing that I like. It's just a it's a perfect combination of things that appeal to me. And I don't feel any need further than that to explain it. (laughs) No, I had had that feeling uh, this past ToyCon. They had a. Uh, a complete, along with the box, not mint in box or anything, but like the Ecto-1 along with the box. And I think they wanted $70. And I was like, it looks so great. And I can't believe they kept the box. And I looked at it and it had been there all day. And I walked around the store or around the show and I just, I was musing about it and imagining it, like putting it someplace and looking at it. And then I thought about like the kind of dedication it took for whoever, whatever kid bought it. (laughs) that kept the box because whenever I bought any toy don't put that on me I don't want that responsibility no and I was like I have to keep the box now no. because nope. I have to get a clear box to put the the cardboard nope. box in and I'm not and I was like I'm not that guy yeah, I'm not going to collect it like that nope. and so I just nope. left it on the shelf I'm like you just that is for someone else who is more dedicated I like that it's there I, I appreciate the dedication and it, and it warms my heart to see it to see the box that I shredded when I was five but I will leave it there and exactly. I'm happier with the $70. <laughs> yeah, precisely. And that's why, you know, I do, people know if long time, short time followers of either my Instagram or uh, the channel, uh, you know, my, I have a Boba Fett collection. It's all the vintage uh, Boba Fett action figures. I have 364 of them. Yeah. It's my favorite figure of all time. Um, I prefer the ones that are beat up because, you know, I'll take whatever, but, you know, uh, people will ask, like, oh, what are the nicest ones? What variants do you have? And it's like, I don't even that's that's not what it's about. Like, right. I, I want the beat up ones like I prefer those because then I know it's like, OK, I, I don't have to shepherd this yes. special thing into the future and make sure that it's OK. You know, like uh, same thing, you know, like you just said, with boxes and whatever. I, I was that collector for a while. You know, uh, I when I was really getting into seriously spending money on toys and stuff, you know, th- into college, uh, I. I would see, you know, in Toy Fair and, and all these other magazines be like, oh, man, that uh, that carded Luke, it's going for like 200 bucks now. You know, I if they come out with more stuff, I got to make sure I save all the boxes. And I was that power of the force line hit in the 90s, yep. saving all the boxes, Toy Biz X-Men, saving all the boxes, you know, buying two, buying three, keep one in the package, one to sell in the future, one to open, blah, blah, play in that game. Yeah. And I just at a certain point I had, you know, I had this giant cardboard box that was full of the blister cards that I hit from the figures I had opened. Uh And I was like, what am I doing with this? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I keeping all this stuff? And then I would see like, you know, friends collections and stuff. And I went over to my buddy's house one day and uh, he was like, I got a friend you need to meet. And we went over to his friend's house and this guy's whole room was just like, just boxed toys everywhere. Just everything, not nothing was open. And I was like, I'm not that guy. But it's good to know that guy's out there because yeah. now I don't feel like I have to save everything. And I went home and I chucked that <laughs> box full of all those blister cards, sold off all the extras. I was like, I don't care if they're going to go for a million dollars in the future. I, I I need to get out of this right now. And right. and since then, it's been just whatever I buy. I'm an opener. I, I open stuff. I, I put it on my shelf. I have fun with it. And if I yeah. get tired of it, I can move on. I think that there was a period when I was when I was in college as well or like mid like yeah, right at the end of high school into college where I was getting into 
these special figures, these figures that like either represented a period in my life or, you know, like when, I remember when McFarlane made those movie maniacs and I'm like, holy shit, a psycho figure, you know, like I'm all into Hitchcock and I want to, I want to have this cause who's going to ever make this again. And I, I, I just liked the idea of there being a physical representation of the thing that I cared about. And it wasn't about like collecting these figures and it was really more about like having little like monuments to the things that I like and kind of like a trophy that represents the shit that I can care that I, that, that, that defines me. And uh, I think there's actually a video about that on your channel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah, it, it went, it, it really, one day all that shit went into a box at my parents' house and there it's, and there it remains because I don't need to like do that. I, I, I don't know. There was just some period where I, where I just, something clicked and I went, I don't need this anymore. Like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to look at this anymore. Um, just let me know. Let me know when you need to sell that box of stuff. Right. Shoot, <laughs> shoot, me, shoot me a message. Let me tell you something though. I, now that I have a studio, cause we, we picked up a studio, uh, this year. Um, and I can use it to further this, this weird, ridiculous career that I'm in. I'm like, I need a wall for my toys. Like I need a wall that can actually have all these toys on it. And I did pull that out of the basement and I looked up, like I had to research how to take care of toys. Cause like they were in a basement for 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, uh, how do you clean toys without like stripping the paint or anything? So I'm like looking up tutorials and cause it's not just, I want them to look good, but I also don't want them to be like gross, like, or moldy or anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you frequently get those old toys and the plastic is starting to break down and there's yeah. these weird chemistry experiments that are taking place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Usually just, you know, warm water and dish soap. That's really usually it. That's what I was, that was remarkable. That's it. It was just yeah. dish soap and warm water. Yep. I'm like, oh. I don't make it, it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good. I don't have to like buy something. I don't have to like, yeah. order it from some crypt. Um, but yeah, man, collecting is a, is a weird uh, fickle beast that like, depending on what it is, you either like, I don't know if there, I don't, I don't know if there is more than extremes in that, in that world. Like either you go all in or you get all out. But like, I feel like here's a question in the background of your videos. Is that a picture or is that actually the background? Oh no, those are, those are physical shelves. They're probably, okay. uh, I don't know, six, eight feet away from me. Um, and there's <laughs> a, if, if you, if you scroll through our Dan in the photo booth, uh, playlist, you'll mm -hmm. see there's a couple of videos that are called the wall. Uh, and every once in a while, we like to change that stuff up back there seasonally or whatever. You know, sometimes it'll be Halloween themed, sometimes it'll be, you know, Christmas themed, whatever. Um, sometimes I just get tired of it. And I'm, I'm, you know, as far as like taking care of toys is concerned, I, that, that wall has like a window that sunlight oh. can shine on it. And that just, I freaks me out and I'm like closing the curtains and stuff. So I keep cycling through that stuff. Cause I don't like stuff, even just stuff like this stuff there's a few things on the shelf here next to me like i don't want these you know lights shining on it too much because that's the number one killer for me is just light exposure so oh, i just totally. i'm always like cycling through stuff but yeah there's a few videos in uh, in that dan in the photo booth uh, playlist uh where i just set up the camera and i'm like okay look you've been looking at this wall for you know 27 videos now let's see what you were able to pick out you know yeah exactly <laughs> here's here's what's back here uh so yeah it, so that is those, those are physical toys now, that said, we do have a green screen, and it's possible that that could become a green screened image in the future. I don't know. <laughs> hmm, there you go. Because I'm sure it's easier to maintain. You just, take a, you, just, you just take a picture of the wall, and then you're like, there. Now exactly. I can shoot anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I could take that down. A little um, more creative freedom. Yeah. But I do like the idea of there being a wall, and I, I was like, then I was like, okay, well, if I make a wall, then it's going to look like them, and I don't want to do that, and my toy collection is not nearly as vast or as expansive, and blah, blah, blah. But... Um, I, I like the idea of kind of like finding an outlet to present the things that like represented who I was 
And even now, like, that I have money and resources, I can write off toys. Um, I, when I go to, like, ToyCon or New York Comic Con or wherever, and I'm, like, looking at, like, all the things that, all these little plastic representations of my childhood, I'll go, like, oh, man, I've always wanted that. And then I go, mm, $12. No. <laughs> Not out of my pocket, but the business can pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, yeah. what it winds up, like, I have this, I have this Burger King dark side cup holder thing. I, I don't know where it's from. Like, it's just Burger a weird, King. like, thing. I always love it, and it's great. And it would, I'm like, this would be perfect for the show. It's on my desk. No one ever sees it. This is the first time it's ever been shown on the <laughs> channel. Like, that's that's what my collection would look like. It's just toys yeah, yeah. elsewhere. Um, hey, you know, it's collecting is a weird thing. And, uh, you know, I, I know that toys existed uh, before our generation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Mark's toys, the 12-inch, you know, sure. classic G.I. Joe action figures, all that stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely lines that were around and, um, you know, major Matt Mason going way back. They were like bendy space figures and stuff. Um, this, this generation that sort of grew up in the late seventies and early eighties, you know, this is a weird new pop culture landscape, you know, where, uh, as, as collectors are getting older, you know, businesses are trying to retain them as customers and consumers and, you know, you will get things like, you know, whoever would have imagined, you know, a psycho action figure, you know, no. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. These are, it's just, or, you know, well, what, what, a, is ex- or a what is acceptable accurate. as a, yeah. yeah, exactly. What is acceptable as a toy that, that has changed and who is, who is okay owning a toy has changed as well. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I remember in high school being really into like, really into you know, brands and being like, this is who I am. And these are all the toys that made me who I was. But as it turns out, all I really wanted were statues. Like I'd look at the toy and I'd be like, well, that really doesn't look as, as awesome as I remember it being. And, 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 and that was, yeah. And, and as it turns well, that, out, like some of us just wanted that, like they wanted well, yeah, something else. A function of how that thing had changed to, for as far as your needs were concerned, you weren't yeah. going to be sitting there, you know, playing with it and, you know, trying to put it in a car and trying to make him scale Castle Grayskull right? or anything. You no, were going to have anymore. a shelf. <laughs> but you then were going to put it on the shelf and that's, it wasn't going to move. <laughs> no. But, but then again, you see, like, and but, but what is, who is this for where they're making those, they've made those incredible Master of the Universe screen accurate, like, cartoon figures with, you know, 18 points of articulation. I'm like, that's really cool, but, like, how many people are buying it and and what are they doing with them? Like, are they playing with them? Are they giving them to their kids? Like, what's the story here? I know that... Uh, no, they're, they're, for, they're for adult collectors. I have one. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they're cool. I mean, I want I want one. I want Skeletor. But I'm like, but is he just going to sit on a table? I guess. Probably. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, absolutely. You know, what... what uh, That is the majority of... Uh, uh, honestly, uh, Instagram is a weird... Um, it's a weird phenomenon of... Uh, Facebook, social media, all this stuff, this idea that that part of this collecting hobby is now not just owning the thing uh, and sharing the idea that more than one person owns it or you have a collection of things. It's about posing the figure and setting up pictures and sharing those pictures with people. And that has become, you know, the the fact that everybody's got a camera in their pocket and you can set up a little photo booth or dioramas or whatever, like that has become the thing. And, And most of the, you know, older kids and to adult collectors, mm-hmm. uh, articulation is an issue because they do want to pose cool photographs. And part of that is an overlap with comics. You know, people want to be able to draw comics and create action scenes and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And then you have all these physical three-dimensional representations. And so you want to be able to, you know, if I want him punching or jumping or 
you know, whatever you want to yeah. be able to pose those things. You know, it's interesting you should say that because I'm, I'm literally like the gears are turning in my head because I have uh, there's this incredible uh, Batman, the animated series action figure line that has been bolstered over the last couple of years. Um, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? Because also, by the way, just a really quick aside, uh, the Red Samurai asked us, uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on the Batman animated series collectibles and the Superman ones as well? Do you have any thoughts? Are there any that you're like kind of like that you did you have an affinity for the, the, the that show? And do the figures reflect that in any way? I love that. I absolutely loved both of those cartoons, the Batman and the, the Superman animated series. The incredible shows still hold up today. If, yeah. if you haven't watched them, watch them. They are fantastic. Justice League as well. Justice League totally. Unlimited. All of it. It is all fantastic. Yep. I love that Bruce Tim style. I, you know, when that uh, there was a there was a line of figures that came out uh, when Justice League came out because there was the Kenner Batman stuff. Um, and that was, you know, all well and good. But Mostly it was when just- that Justice League line hit. Yeah. Uh, that had that Bruce Tim styling and they were not very articulated figures, but they were just, there was just, they were like candy for your eyes. They were just such a wonderful, beautiful thing. And that line ended up having like a thousand figures or whatever, but the newer, yeah, the newer Batman and Superman lines, um, they're not particularly my taste. Uh, I do like the styling of them from an aesthetic point of view. Uh, I do like a little bit more posability, and there's not really that much you can do with them. No, they're very uh, stiff. They, they actually yeah, remind have, me of the old Kenner line. Cause like, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah. But they are beautiful as far as accuracy. I have the Man Bat. Uh, that's yeah. really the only one that uh, I still own at this point. That was one of our. That was actually one of our earliest videos uh, for Toy Galaxy was a review uh, for that figure. Uh, that's a fun one if you haven't watched that one before. Well, definitely. <laughs> but it's great, and I cannot. I'm. I'm I cannot believe they made not just the Batmobile, right? Which I but have the, the <laughs> Bat Signal and yeah. that Bat Jet, which is like the box alone is like a, bigger than my desk, you know? It, yeah. No, my wife got me the Batmobile for, for for Valentine's Day last year, and I was like, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I don't, I didn't give her the reaction that I really should have because I was like, that's cool. I remember it being cool, but like, and thank you. Then I opened it and put the batteries in, and I'm like. Okay, this is fucking dope. Like this is a different thing, yeah. I, I, like, and then of course she opened. She gave me like a Batman figure. I put him in the car, and I'm like driving it around. I'm like, I gotta stop. I'm turning into it. Like she is gonna leave. <laughs> but, uh, but but hey, the that's the thing, up. you know. There's there's a there's a fine line between you know playing with toys and then I'm a you know I'm a serious action figure photographer, you know. <laughs> and you once you put it once you put it in the booth and start taking pictures of it, people are like, okay, no, he's. He's working on some stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's got a craft. We, it's and it's just craft. fun. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, our audience is so incredibly generous. They have sent me, I think, over like, almost two dozen figures from the Batman animated series line, the new line. And wow. They, I know. And it's every time we get one, I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, I know how much these cost. Thank you very much. But I'm, I've been trying to think of a way to display them in some way. And right now it's been... I, t- I don't take them out of the package, and it's mostly out of a sense of guilt. Like, what if he calls me and wants them all back? But at the other, uh, like the other sense of me is like, well, most people like I've I've never collected action figures before. So, what do you do with these like expensive, aesthetically great looking, you know, obviously mostly for collectors figures? And so right now they're on like a wall that I call the Bat Wall, and it's when we ever we shoot a DC Comics video, it's in front of that. You can see a bunch of them, but what you were talking about earlier about like Instagram and the pose and, and posability and, and figure photography got the, the, the gears turning. And I'm like, maybe I should create like a photo area, open all the bat figures 
and like take pictures of them doing cool Batman stuff, <laughs> like recreating scenes from the animated series. Maybe the audience would like that. And because I'm always trying to like think of ways, I'm sure you guys are as well, like ways of being like, okay, we've done it this way for this, for this while. What else can we do and how else can we reinvent ourselves? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, producer Greg and I get v- uh, bored very easily. You know, we, mm-hmm. we can recognize when we're starting to fall into, you know, too much of a routine or too much of a pattern. Yeah. And, and it's not even so much uh, mixing it up for the audience. It's just mixing it up for ourselves to keep it fresh and fun. And, um, you know, sometimes that uh, is sometimes there's things that we want to do that we're just like, eh, I don't know if our audience is going to go for it. We shot a, a little short uh, back uh, around Halloween. Uh, just a short little narrative kind of thing. It was called uh, Trade um, that, uh, you know, had a tells the story of a supernatural encounter on uh, Craigslist. Um, and uh, we're like, we, we didn't know how the audience was going to respond to it, you know, and so we shot it and just kind of threw it out there. And we're like, let's see how it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the response was very positive. And we're like, oh, OK, good. That's that's something that we can we can do now. We can right. safely do on our channel. Yeah, we've seen all these horror stories about channels who. You know, they're a video game channel and then they start talking about wrestling stuff and their audience is like, no, shut up. We don't like wrestling or they're, you know, whatever. And you just it's hard to sort of incorporate more stuff. So so it's good. Like you were just saying, it's good for you if you have an audience that already gets like, look, we're called, you know, we're a comic show. Yes, here. But it's more than just comics. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And like. I, I like the, it's similar in, once again, the parallels. I was like, you know, comic pop, the pop is for pop culture so that we can go in other directions. Toy Galaxy, it's a galaxy of other things. We've got lots of room to expand. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'll be honest, though. We're, there's There have been times uh, recently, uh, you know, YouTube's got a lot of weird algorithms and yeah. stuff and, and things that they're trying to deal with uh, where toy, the word toy uh, has become sort of a bad word really? uh, as far as those bots and algorithms are concerned. There's a there's a real serious crackdown on uh, videos that are sort of being generated for a younger audience, kids and stuff. And yeah. you just you see all this um, manipulation of intellectual property, Spider-Man and Frozen and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, and just shit. these garbage content videos. Yep. But a lot of the tags and stuff that they're using are similar to tags that are going to overlap into the action figure and toy genre. Yeah. You know, and I'm not for nothing, but there there is still a bit of a stigma uh, for, you know, adults talking about toys if you're not, yeah. <laughs> if you're not uh, really tuned into what's going on. Fortunately, we don't really we don't really encounter too much of that. But, uh, well, uh, but yeah, broadening the scope of, you know, like uh, being able to talk about more than just specifically, you know, here is the latest action figure that I purchased and what I think of it. Yeah. Uh, so getting into some toy because we're close to we're almost to time we got like about five or ten minutes left um just just gushing at this point there's a video you guys did in which you come back from a flea market and then you dump about i don't know 40 exo squad mech suits onto the table <laughs> um it's really more like 10 or so but like you take out these exo squad figures and first of all holy shit exo squad nice job Secondly, how many there there were at that point, um, that that was the moment where I'm like, that was one of the moments where I'm like, wow, like this dude knows what he's talking about because Exo Squad was an amazing line, and those that that and that find, could you believe that you found that many at that time? You know, like were you just like, what do you, what, what, like what happened here? I can't even find like a like you know like a specific Batman figure. You got like twelve Exo Squads in one place. I'm like, where are you? 
what is well, this so, flea market? <laughs> that's the thing is a lot of people would be like, hey, you know, I watch these flea market videos and all your flea market friends. Where, uh, where are you getting this stuff? Right. And I don't I'm need, like, I don't need I'm not going to tell you. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. No. If I tell you where I, all my tricks of the trade, then <laughs> what, what's going to be left for me? That's you know, fair. You got to figure it out yourself. I've been doing this for so long. I, you know. Uh, the the friends I had, uh, they're still my friends, uh, that I was hanging out with uh, very early on in college. You know, we were looking to blow off classes and just get anywhere off campus. Uh, and so uh, it turned into sort of a competition on the weekends, uh, going to yard sales um, and flea markets, trying to see who could get the best, you know, batch of stuff come yeah. Monday. You know, we all come back Sunday night and it's like, oh, what did you find? Oh, I got, uh, you know, a Centurion. I got a couple of Transformers. Oh, I got this shoebox full of, you know, vintage Star Wars figures. And yeah. like, well, you won, you know, they've got all their gear and weapons and stuff. So, I mean, I've been, you know, I, I toys, action figures, just they hooked me real early. And while I did collect comics uh, up until probably about like three or four years ago, very wow. seriously. I mean, I was at the comic shop every single Wednesday. You know, I didn't have a, a pull list. They didn't need to set one up for me because I was there every single Wednesday. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I got event fatigue and I had to bail. Dude. Um, but uh, we, yeah. we actually, uh, Greg and I, one, one of our projects that we worked on prior to Toy Galaxy was we had a comic book uh, podcast. Huh. Uh, it was called Eat Sleep Comics. Uh, and, I think I've heard of that show. Uh, and, and, we, <laughs> and we recorded probably, I don't know, there was like 50 or 75 episodes or something and it was really great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just got event fatigue and had to bail, but toys is one of those things. Action figures just never left me. And I, because I liked the stuff so much, just, you know, every, all those little action figures, the capes, the helmets, the boots, whatever, yeah. I just, it, it clicked and I just, I'm always looking for that stuff. And so when I see a box or bin at a, you know, and it's got stuff at the bottom, I want all the little bits at the bottom. Cause I, it's just so much fun trying to identify each thing and to try to almost put a profile together of the person that, own, you know, owned oh, it previously. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a weird thing, but, um, yeah, I, at this point in this area, at least I have a lot of contacts, uh, people who know I'm looking for stuff and stuff has a way of finding me. I see. I see. Okay. Um, so you, you opened the door, man. You talked about comics. I will ask one, one question regarding that. Uh, what did you read? What was, what were your, what were out of, I know you were, since you were collecting comics, you probably got everything, but like, what were some of your, like, what, what, what hurt the most to quit? Well, this is, this is my, uh, my scrap built, uh, old school cap shield. That so. is dope, man. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, this, this I made out of a, uh, plastic sled, just a, That's a like, awesome. <laughs> sled, uh, and, uh, yeah, Cap. Cap was always my guy. Uh, a diehard X Men fan. You know, I, when oh. when I got into comics, it was uh, Claremont and Silvestri uh, on X Men, which you know, yeah. I, I hate to be the guy that's like it was better when I was a kid. But it I was don't know. though. Just, just for my taste, <laughs> you'll never top that. You just you'll never top that run because because all of that soap op thing that I didn't know was, you know, just editor's notes, see issue 27. You're like, what's going It just this like, I got to go get that issue to That's find out exactly what happened. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. the, the way Marvel had their continuity set up that, you know, if Spider-Man turned up in the X-Men in X-Men, then he was also meeting up with the X-Men and Spider-Man, you know, they, they right. kept it consistent and it was just a fascinating thing. And I, and I, I met the right people at the right time of my life that they were all really into it too. And we just, everybody just fed that whole thing and, and we were just all big into comics. So for me, it was, uh, it was everything Marvel. It was X-Men. It was the Punisher. Actually, it was really X-Men and the Punisher at the time. Uh, I wasn't really that into, um, what they were doing necessarily in Captain America, although I loved Captain America. Mm. Um, and then, uh, the Avengers, I wasn't really in the, into the Avengers either. Um, so it was really, 
you know, it's the grim and gritty 90s and stuff. It was Batman. It was excuse me. It was uh, X-Men and the Punisher. Uh, Batman uh, took over everybody's uh, psyche once that Keaton movie hit. So, you know. It was definitely some Batman and stuff in there, too. Yeah. But uh, it's the old, you know, what, whatever I saw at the shop that I thought looked cool. I followed specific artists. I followed specific writers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, just a couple of years ago, I was like, ugh. Yeah. I, I can't take another event where I, I collect it for eight months and read it and, and think about it. And then USA Today comes out and says, oh, by the way, this is how it ends. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was that, like, oh, that's great, because the next issue doesn't come out for like three more weeks. Right. So, so thanks, thanks for ruining it. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally, dude, you're, you're describing the I think kind of like the cultural mindset of the in, of the of the fan industry right now. It's like, yeah, everybody is sick of it. I know I quit. I, I quit comics cold turkey. Um, I want to say 1998, like 97, maybe like it was right around the time when they said Peter Parker was a clone for 25 years. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. So nothing matters. And it's all horseshit. Bye. And yeah. uh, and then Spawn 100 happened, and I was like, oh, this is no okay. I I was I've been reading Spawn I think 50 issues too long, and uh, and quit cold turkey because like and that's what the comics will do, man. They will break your heart. That's what uh, that's an old Jack Kirby quote. Comics will break yeah. your heart. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I I recently uh, on the Captain America uh, spiel though uh, the Chris Samney Mark Wade series. So good. Uh, the one that's on the issue. What are they on? Like issue five right now. The, yeah, it's like the fifth issue, but issue six ninety nine or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. That's the only book that I've ever set up a digital subscription for. Oh, and as go. soon as I get that email, I read it immediately. It's so good, right? Like it's. it's <laughs> I a, love it. Absolutely a, love it. Did you did you read? Oh no, you you dropped off. So you missed Secret Empire, which good for you. Um, but yeah, yeah I, you know, I followed Nick Spencer on uh, Twitter and I just, man, my heart went out to that guy. <laughs> you feel bad uh, for him. Cause you know, he's like, just, just stay, just hang in there. Just read the that's comic. The thing. That's the thing. And like, and that's part of what we talked about in our, in our latest video, you know, the poison of nostalgia yeah. is this idea that you think, you know, what's happening and you think, you know, what's going on and, and you don't. And like, if you want to criticize something, I have no problem with people criticizing things, but it's like, criticize it after, you know, like, and then, and then make a case. Don't, don't just say, I thought it sucked and they should have made it good and they didn't (laughs) do it right. None Uh of those are legitimate criticisms. Those are all, those are all, there's nothing of substance there. Like form a thought, (laughs) express it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely uh, agree. Uh, and then uh, the only other thing, the most recently uh, I bought uh, Batman, I think there was, uh, they did a um, a Super Friends, they called it, I think it was like a three issue, I don't remember, the. I'm blanking on the writer and the artist. Uh, Tom King and... Uh I don't remember who drew it, but yeah, yeah. Super Friends where like it's Batman, Superman, baseball. Oh my God. I was like, can you please like just cancel every other book in DC's library and just <laughs> Give these two people whatever you need to give them and just let them make this book for the rest of my life. And then when I'm dead, do something else. I don't care. I will say I dug the shit out of that story. I am not a big Tom King Batman fan. I'm he's doing stuff with the character. I'm just like, right on. That's what you're doing. Uh, It's not what that's not for me, but I hear it. Um, but that Super Friends book is great. He also did just that, that that three issues. There was the three issues with them playing the baseball. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah, no. And. By the way, there's also a solid annual that he did that just came out like a couple months ago, um, where it's just a complete story, like Batman and Catwoman grow old together, basically, and that's the story. It's very like, you know, this is an alternate history kind of thing. Yep. And that, I was like, oh, shit, this is really, really good. Like, that that, that blew my mind. Um, man, I got to give you some recommendations then. You missed a lot of stuff. Not missed it. I am sh- i wouldn't say I've been missing it, so. But, uh, no, it, it, there's a lot of stuff. There's select like pieces that are just solid that that captain america chris samney run is just just so good 
And I'm very much, uh, I, what was the, uh, the Hanna-Barbera thing with, uh, oh, yeah. Doc, uh, Evan Shaner, Evan Doc Shaner on the, uh, art there. Um, anything that Sam Nee or Shaner do, I'm pretty much down for, uh, oh, I'll follow them. uh with, him, uh, Doc Shaner's coming up on, uh, the terrifics. Yeah. Um, and I will probably be, uh, picking that up, check yeah. it out. Just the, these guys, I f- follow them on Instagram. Just, you know, one of the themes that we've tried to sort of have since the very first uh, episode of Toy Galaxy was this idea of that, you know, there's enough negativity just around life and pop culture and everything in general. And we just didn't want to add to that pool. You know, we want to say these are toys. These are comics that it's it's all this stuff is supposed to be fun. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't collect toys because they make me miserable. I collect toys because <laughs> they, I enjoy them and they make me happy. And I'm like, I don't understand how people can get so upset uh, over stuff. And, and it's, it, you know, it's your expectations. It's your, t- I don't care. I yeah. just, and, and I, and I think if, if we did one thing really different than a lot of stuff that was already sort of in our market was that we just came at it with, you know, fun enthusiasm. I don't know. It's, it's really <laughs> hard to hold, have a toy in your hand and go, this sucks. <laughs> I just, why did you buy it? Right. Like, what are you doing, <laughs> why do you man? Well, toys if you're so miserable. Yeah. That's, that, that is an approach, uh, not just in toys, but all over, fandom and culture in general where it's like I'm going to see Star Wars and I hate every second of it and I'm reading comics I'm reading runs I hate because I just like I quit like when I, when there's books that I don't like I go okay well that ain't for me and I just stop I'm doing reading. that for now yeah you yeah. know you just, you I, just go okay well that's not for me I've I've bailed on Transformers as a as a you know collection or toy line or whatever probably like 10 different times since 1984 <laughs> like you, I check out I, oh they're doing this thing eh, I'm, I'll be back later and right, then you check right. in when they reboot it again and you go oh that looks cool I guess I'm in for a little while yeah you know? they'll keep it up yeah it's, they're not gonna they're not gonna forget that exists they don't need me yeah like, when it stops <laughs> making you happy just find something else to do <laughs> right there's plenty there's plenty of options um, and I guess my final question so okay uh, I, this might be op- uh, hitting a hornet's nest but like what is with the Boba Fett's just you need uh, them all. You know like, it's, it's why three hundred sixty. Why why three sixty four of sixty five? It's my it it is it is truly purely my my favorite action figure of all time. It is the thing that just my interest in comics or drawing or toys or science fiction or whatever. It's just in all it's all encapsulated into that one silly little figure. Like <laughs> it doesn't. It is so disconnected from me to Star Wars at this point. Like. Yeah. What is that weird lipstick rocket, you know, in his backpack? Like, it doesn't even look like the the character in the movies. Nope. <laughs> I was I was probably like 15 before I realized, you know, the little block on his head was his rangefinder, you mm-hmm. know, tilted down. And color-wise, he doesn't even match the guy in the movie. And I'm nope. like, why is he this color when he's a different color in the movie? And so it just, you know, he's got the weird hand. That's, so I, I it, it's that sort of chasing that thing that you love. And... I would go to, you know, uh, I went to yards, uh, a flea market and found another Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this one is in such better condition than the one I have. Mm. So, of course, I bought him. It was like 75 cents. Oh, awesome. And so I had two. And then, you know, find another one. You find another one. And then uh, Mrs. Toy Galaxy and I for a (laughs) while had a uh, toy blog. Uh, where we were so, it was sort of a precursor to Toy Galaxy where, you know, we're telling stories about the the places we're going, the flea markets, the the weird characters that we were meeting at, at you know, uh, auctions and stuff. Yeah. And at the time, I probably had like six Boba Fetts. And I remember us talking about it and saying, what can we do with this? What can we do to start setting ourselves apart as toy collectors, as a brand, as a thing? Mm-hmm. 
and I said, well, what if we just start, you know, what if we start building the boba set uh, and that'll sort of become a thing that is associated with us. And we use it as a way also to track all these adventures as we go. So at 364, each one of them has been logged. I know where every single figure came from, what I paid for it, when I bought it. Uh, a goal is that uh, uh, I would like to, at some point, probably around 500, to actually put out a book that sort of tells this whole story. That's a really cool idea. Oh, shit. Thanks. Don't steal it. I won't. I can't. <laughs> I, I, I would have to start. and it's, There's no way I can catch up at this point. Um, damn, I like that. That's a great story, man. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, uh, before we go, I just want to acknowledge the great people in the Super Chats who made this episode possible. Will, I am golden. Thank you very much for digging the show. Red Samurai, we answered that question. Nathan Berg just wanted to help us out. Thank you, sir. Um, Dan, man, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, thanks for sharing your insights, for you know, dedicating yourself to this hobby and to this this new experiment that is YouTube and sharing your, your vast knowledge and experiences with us. We are indebted to you. Uh, and Greg for taking the time and, and putting out just a, such a superior product. We really, really appreciate it, man. You're very welcome. Thank you. And to thank you to uh, everybody who's been uh, watching, listening, and chatting and might watch this in the future. Right. Uh, and if you haven't already, please go into the description box below this video and find the link. It's right there. It's the first one to Toy Galaxy. Go there, subscribe, click the bell so you get the notifications and, uh, and show them some love because damn, if this isn't, I think, one of the best, if not the best toy related channel on YouTube and better than Toy Fair, I'd say. Toy Fair was like a great opportunity for the guys at Robot Chicken to have a job, but this is actually about toys, and I, I really, really love it. So check them out and uh, and keep watching. And we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Dan, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, really quick thanks to Noah Botello in the Super Chat who says, I'm here. You're, yes, you are, sir. <laughs> thanks a lot. We'll see you then.